The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. It's December. Yes, it is. It is December. The beans have been spilled. I don't have to keep secrets anymore. It, <laughs> yes, Jeez. yes, as I sit here drinking my lemon ginger tea. God, I felt like I was like keeping state secrets or something. I was like, <laughs> I want to tell everybody I know, but I can't. So I have to keep it secret. Ah. Yes. Yes, and... I um, want to frolic around in my shirt, and I can't. Now I can! (laughs) And I do want to reiterate, um, this was not an easy journey for me to get pregnant. It was a longer road than I expected, but certainly much easier than many other people I know. So if my pregnancy announcement last week got you kind of bummed out, please, 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 please don't feel bad. I have absolutely been the girl who is screaming and crying and throwing tantrums about why the fuck isn't it my fault or my turn and it is it my fault and it just, it's, it's a lot. It is stressful and nobody fucking tells you because every sex ed professor is like, don't have sex, you'll get pregnant and die and so you assume it'll be easy and it's not. So... okay mean girls straight up but if you were not overjoyed if it hurt please don't feel bad that is normal that is valid you are allowed to feel that because infertility and struggling to get pregnant is hard and please please know that i completely understand that the members of all of fire whiskey and honey understand that and we are here for you and we love you and if you're incapable of having children but like to adopt others, you are very, very welcome to adopt James. He is very excited to have lots and lots of aunts and uncles who are not related to him. Yes. So. Anyway. Without and further ado. His, this oh. auntie may or may not have bought him some Harry Potter themed onesies. So. <laughs> but yeah, my husband keeps going, oh god, this child's not going to be entirely Harry Potter, you know decked out is he and i'm like absolutely not we're not even doing harry potter for the bedroom we're going to do woodland themed so it'll just be like deer and foxes and he's like i can do deer and foxes and i'm like yeah i bet you can (laughs) Ah, he's so cute i think my favorite part though was when we were talking about we want to have two And originally I was like, absolutely not. Morning sickness sucks. But then the morning sickness went away and I'm like, back to the, oh, magical, I'm pregnant. So that's great. But anyway, he was like, well, if we have a second boy, I'm like, we we had James picked out from day one. You wanted it since before you met me. I wanted it since before I met you. That was so easy. What would we do for a second boy? Because, you know, we have a girl name picked out, but what about a boy? And he was like, oh, that's easy. And I'm like, it's easy. And he goes, yeah, well, you wanted to name a girl Charlotte, so you could call her Charlie, but I think calling a girl Charlie is weird. So why wouldn't we just name our second boy Charles? Then you still get your Charlie. And I'm like, you clearly don't know this is a Weasley name and that we would be naming both of our children after Harry Potter characters, but I'm fine with that. So thanks. And I promise, I promise the podcast is not always going to be baby talk. It's just very exciting that Kat now has it out in the open. And me, obviously, but... Weight off my shoulders! Uh, The other exciting news, that starting this week and for the next three weeks, that's going to be December 4th, December 11th, and December 18th, we are going to have archive of our own versions for every single episode for our... Amortentia, Intent, and Sweet Nothings, which means Kat's going to blush like a motherfucker. And it's going to be amazing. And I am super excited for her to experience all of this. So, without further ado, should we go ahead and get started on chapter 56? Or actually, wait, no. 
what had happened what was. What happened was. What had happened was. Yes. Tell what me. had happened I was. There was. For it. We were in the same room. Okay. We were. So, it's Maya chick, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, the hand gesture helps. Yeah. So, She's kind of struggling because she wants to tell people what happens in the future, but she knows that she can't do that. So she's just going to settle for, like, secret squirrel spy stuff, you know? So she's going to gather more information. So she's like, you know what? My brother has invisibility. Invisibility. That is the word. Invisibility. Cloak. And she's like, hey, bro. Literally, bro. Because... Bro, brotherin, <laughs> brother. Yes, brotherin. Yes. yes. So she's like, I need to borrow your cloak because she wants to go observe some Death Eaters and not be seen watching the Death Eaters. And I can't actually remember why she wants to watch said Death Eaters, but she wants to see some Death Eaters. So then she wants to prove that they're actually Death Eaters. Right. Okay. There you go. That is why. So then, like, pretty much the rest of the chapter is Drunk Jamie, which I thoroughly enjoyed because that was hilarious. And he gets all, like, mad that Sirius and Remus slept with his sister and he gets, like, all mad and tries to, like, drunk hex them and stuff and that's, like, obviously not okay. It's like when Ron broke his wand and taped it, those things don't go together. Mm-hmm. And then they found out that the reason why Jamie knows is because Peter, literally the rat Pettigrew, got into his animagus form and snuck into the freaking room of requirement and was like spying on people and stuff. So he's a little butt face. So then more drunk Jamie stuff and him getting mad and all that jazz and then at the very end, this is how I kind of interpret it, but then when I was looking at it this morning, I was like, maybe that's not actually what it was, but it's kind of like Remus and Sirius having, like, a little heart-to-heart about Maya, like, when were you with her? When were you with her? It's our job to take care of her, man. Like, why'd you gotta do that? So they were kind of, like, having some, uh, what do you want to call it, like, some regrets or some, like, uh, guilt or whatever you want to call it about this whole situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're trying to decide which one should be with her. Right. Which really shouldn't be their decision, but... (laughs) Preach. So, yeah. um, The Peter Pettigrew thing, we don't know where he was sneaking, but uh, Hermione... Maya. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Maya is assuming that he either... A, listened in on conversations, which he would have had to have done to know that she slept with Sirius, or B, was sneaking into wherever she was sleeping with Remus and spying on her and seeing her naked, which got the boys very upset. But also, I really, really enjoyed voicing drunk Jamie. (laughs) That was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta work on them voices. Yeah, yeah, I gotta stretch them. La, 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 la. Anyway, chapter 56. Amortentia. September 8th, 1976. Man, these chapters are not progressing quickly. We're still in like the first week of school. (laughs) Maya's week had not been her best. After learning about her secret sex life with Remus and Sirius, James could scarcely look her in the eye. The three marauders involved were back on speaking terms at last, especially after joining forces to literally beat the truth out of Peter. He admitted to uh, having once walked in on Remus and Maya in the dorm room, then overhearing Sirius talking to Remus about their one-night affair over the summer. Peter walked away with a black eye, and I thought you were, like, making a face, but you're just yawning. Because my reading is so terrible. It's not you, it's me. (laughs) That's what they always say. Yeah, but this time it's the truth. I think the coffee isn't affecting me anymore, because, like, I put it on strong, and it doesn't freaking work. Now I'm yawning. Sorry. Okay. Peter walked away with a black eye and a three-month ban on the Shrieking Shack. In addition, Sirius threatened him into supplying the common room with as much better beer as they could sneak through, uh, sneak in through the Honey Duke's passage. 
James was quiet around Maya, mostly due to embarrassment over his own behavior, but Sirius and Remus were behaving differently as well, and that she had not expected. Both knew of her relationship with the other, but something must have happened the night James found out, and each was acting strangely in her presence because of it. Sirius was oddly quiet and constantly looking between Maya and Remus as though he were searching for something important. Remus, on the other hand, was wildly distracted by whatever occupied his thoughts. For the first time in five years, he forgot how Maya took her tea and accidentally put raspberries instead of blueberries on her porridge, something that the entire table noticed with wide eyes and loud gasps as though someone had just shouted a killing curse. How dare you put raspberries on her oatmeal instead of blueberries? Yeah, I would have been okay with either. Yeah, no, right? But she doesn't like raspberries. <laughs> Um, it took Maya cornering Remus outside of the Defense Against the Dark Arts for him to finally break down and admit that, a week earlier, Sirius had trapped him into an uncomfortable conversation and brought up some confused feelings regarding her. She pulled as much truth out of him as she thought possible, but still felt like he was holding something back. She blamed the approaching full moon and then promised to meet him outside the Whomping Willow later that night. She still had afternoon advanced potions with Lily and also needed to visit Sirius in the hospital wing where he had been taken after a group of seventh-year Slytherins attacked him outside of the Quidditch locker rooms. "'What are you trying to accomplish, Sirius Black?' Maya demanded as she stormed into the infirmary, eyes narrowed at him lounging on the hospital bed as though he did not have a care in the world. A few books were stacked on the table to his left, though he was using a fairly large one as a makeshift desk to write on. Transfiguration essay. Sirius gestured to the parchment. Parchment. I know, I know. I think it's stupid, too. I don't even know I'm still taking it. I'm a bloody animagus. How much better can a person get at transfiguration? I could probably teach the fucking class if I wanted to. Sirius! He looked up at her innocently. Yes, love? What has your knickers in a twit? His lips pursed and then closed, likely due to the look on her face. Instead, he distracted her by pointing to the bruises just below his throat that were slowly developing. Is this about the broken clavicle? Because I promise you, the other guys look worse. At least, they did before I blacked out. Maya frowned as she looked him over, sighing when she felt a twinge of guilt. That's not why I came to yell at you, actually. Was she really here to scream at Sirius when he had just been attacked by potential Death Eaters? Yes. Yes, she was. Glaring at him, she put her hands on her hips and plowed ahead. Though I am angry you're not properly reporting this. How are they going to punish the students attacking you if you won't tell Dumbledore what's going on? The headmaster can't possibly believe that rubbish story about you falling off your broom. You're one of the best flyers. I'm not telling because I'm not a coward who's willing to put my problems on someone else's shoulders, Sirius admitted, but not meeting her eyes as he put his attention back on his essay. Besides... Prongs and Wormtail are working out a few details for me. Maya suddenly became worried. Working out a few details always meant planning something horrible, in marauder speak. No one ever wanted to find themselves uh, involved in whatever details were being worked out. Don't even tell me what they're going to do unless it's particularly painful. Shrugging, she fought not to roll her eyes when she added, In which case, I can help. A little. They did break your clavicle, after all. She should have felt guilty for wishing physical harm on anyone, but Maya Potter was a very different person from Hermione Granger. However, even Hermione had gotten a fantastic rush of adrenaline when she'd punched Draco Malfoy in the face third year. Maya couldn't help but wonder if that had been the crack in the dam that let open the floodgates of her, as Daria would call it, latent Slytherin traits. Thus far in her new timeline, she had already physically assaulted more Slytherins than she'd ever done in the 90s. So did you come to just yell at me over getting injured? Because that's a little cold, even for you. Sirius kept his essay with it kept at his essay with a determined expression, but she could see a hint of a smirk on his face. No, she said, growling as she remembered why she had come to the infirmary in the first place. Remus is my best friend and tells me everything. I know you tried to convince him to get back together with me, and I want to know why. Sirius scoffed, using his quill to end a sentence with a particular gusto. Remus doesn't tell you everything. What? Of course he does. 
Sirius put his quill down as though he were preparing for this to be a long argument. She really hoped it would not be. So you're aware that he's still in love with you? He asked with a knowing look on his face. Maya's lips parted in surprise. Having not expected that, her cheeks warmed over the implication that Remus's feelings were stronger than she had been led to believe. Perhaps back when they had dated, but certainly not after she discovered that he, she was not his mate. Don't be ridiculous. He loves me the same as I love him. Nothing more. Well, that I do believe. She narrowed a glare at him. Just what is that supposed to mean? Sirius crossed his arms over his chest, obviously holding back the wince of pain the motion caused, all for the sake of looking self-righteous and smug when he said, You and Remus are in love with each other, and the only reason you broke up was because of some ridiculous thought that fate is fucking with your love lives. Her jaw tightened in response to his words. There is sufficient evidence on the subject of werewolf mates and... I'm not talking about Remus, Maya. I'm talking about you. About you and me. She paled at his words and inhaled sharply. At her startled reaction, he continued, Oh, nothing to say on that subject? Bugger. I love bugger. It's one of my favorite words. Yeah, it's a good word. I don't know why. She swallowed with great difficulty, her growing anxiety clinging to the inside of her throat. Her stare was, his stare was hard and cold and reminiscent of the look that he had given her the moment she saw the scar on her ribs. The look that said he knew she had hidden something, knew that she was lying to him. Your mum had plenty to tell me. Shit. Like how we provoked a bloody soul bond? Fuck. And you've been keeping it, and I'm guessing a thousand other fucking things, a secret from me. The normally soft and humorous Sirius was gone, and in his place was a cold wall that reminded her far too much of Draco. It only further proved that as much of a Slytherin as Sirius, er, as much of a Gryffindor as Sirius was, he was still a black. Though technically, wasn't she as well? In the few interactions with people who had known Daria Potter, nay Black, whether as a student at Hogwarts or in her adult years, not one had failed to mention how much Maya reminded them of her mother. She shouldn't have told you that, she whispered when Sirius continued to glare at her, waiting for a response, which she assumed he thought should have been an apology. How would that conversation even begin? Sorry I lied to you, Sirius, but to be honest, I'm lying about everything, including my own name, how we really met, what the future has in store for you, and the very real possibility that if I make it back to my own timeline, you'll hate me because I let you get arrested after being framed by one of your best friends, who let your other best friends get murdered. All of that clearly was said inside of her head. <laughs> Why? Sirius asked. Because I didn't want you to feel forced into anything with me. She blurted out, feeling her old insecurities creeping in. She remembered her first kiss with an older Sirius Black. There had been passion and love that she felt behind his actions, and the fact that she'd been unable to concentrate enough on them because she'd been so worried all his feelings were due, at least in part, to the mysterious bond she created between them, a bond that somehow extended over time and still existed here in 1976. I can't want the same thing for you? Sirius shook his head and expelled a breath of utter disbelief. Fuck, Maya. You think divination is rubbish, but you're willing to buy into this soul bond thing so easily? She glared at him, ready to inform him that divination was rubbish, but the soul bond was very clearly real. She felt it. When they made love, she had felt it, had almost seen it with her own eyes, and apparently he hadn't felt the same thing. Don't look at me like that. I'm not saying it to hurt you. You know how I... He hesitated and squirmed a bit in his bed, clearing his throat. You know how important you are to me. I could never hurt you. And it's not because of some bloody bond. She looked away from him, forcing thoughts of the future and an older serious black from her mind and whispered, It's more complicated than that. Explain it to me then, he demanded. Learn occlumency, she countered impatiently. No, Sirius replied, frustration narrowing his eyes. Stop it with this bloody occlumency shit. For the record, I've been trying, but it's hard to do without a proper legilimens to test your barriers. That's not the point. You've bought into this soul bond thing with blind faith and you say it's more complicated but won't tell me why. You've taken away my choice and yours in the matter. I haven't taken anything away from you. 
A part of her wanted to tell him that she saved his life and the bond was the result. Shove it in his stupid, smug, pretty face. You Oh, muggle effing whoa. What? She's been telling him that he needs to learn Occlumency for God knows how many chapters because I can't remember. And it just popped into my head that that's really important and he needs to listen to her. Because I just had to Google what Occlumency is to remind me what the crap that means. And man, he's some dense. <laughs> well, yeah, because if he learns Occlumency, she can tell him everything and Dumbledore won't be able to see oh it. God. Boys are dumb. Oh my god. They're so stupid. Uh, wow. Sorry. Jeez. Okay. Uh, you good? You got yeah, that out now? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that I was just like, wait a second. She's been telling him this for how long? And he's still. Hang on a minute. This seems important. Now, now I know how you and all feel was. when you listen to this and I'm not getting it. You're like screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, I'm late to the party, but at least I get there. That is true. She does arrive eventually. And I bring good food, so. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway. The dead of time. I haven't taken anything away from you. A part of her wanted to tell him she saved his life, and the bond was the result. Shove it in his stupid, smug, pretty face. You deserve Remus, Sirius heaved a deep sigh. You love Remus. I'm not arguing that, but what if... What if I love you too? Silence fell between them. Instead of his stubborn, angry standoff, each was trying to read the other. Maya wondered if he believed her, that she did love him. She knew he, she, she knew he struggled with emotions like that, especially when it came to her. Sirius finally broke the silence in frustration, muttering, Then you should figure that out before you just accept a soul bond. It's not fair to either of us, or to Remus. The two of you were happy, and in love, then the whole werewolf mate thing happened, and you both gave up. Am I wrong in assuming that our bond had a hand in it, too? No. Then go back, fix it, and be with Remus. She groaned, pushing her fingers through her hair in frustration. Why couldn't any of them just learn occlumency? She knew she wouldn't be able to tell them about the war or the deaths or Azkaban, but she would be able to tell them about Tonks at the very least, even if it was not by name, and the whole werewolf mate issue would be over with. I can't do that, Sirius. I've accepted that you and I... I haven't. I've had my whole life decided for me. The fucking sorting hat was the first time I'd ever been given a choice in anything. His gray eyes turned the color of slate speckled with silver. I barely escaped my own family trying to force me into servitude to a dark wizard, and I'm pretty sure they're not just going to let that go. I'm not going to put you in danger, and I refuse to accept another thing in my life without having a choice, Maya. I will never allow our bond to be sealed without you knowing for certain that it's me and not Remus. Him thinking he has a mate out there somewhere isn't good, isn't good enough proof for me. Maya glared at him. So what? You expect me to date someone just to placate you? He had a point, of course, and she felt guilty. Just a month after being attacked by his own family, who tried to force his hand in something so life-altering, Daria had let him in on the soul bond secret and made him believe something else was pushing him without his permission. She understood. Still, it was difficult to tell Sirius Black that he was right, especially when he used that pissy tone of voice with her. No, I expect you to date Remus because he's good for you, because you're good for him, and because you love each other. I expect you to be smart and not just accept things at face value. You would never say a spell, cast a charm, or drink a potion without first knowing what it was. I expect you to treat your heart and mine and Remus's by extension with the same intent. He spoke very clearly, so she knew this was not about him trying to protect her or sacrifice his own happiness for someone else. Sirius was often good about taking care of his friends when he put thought into it and didn't act recklessly. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you to see me and Remus and... Maya, 
Considering how I've treated you in the past, it wouldn't be anything I didn't have coming. Sirius interrupted. The image of Marlene McKinnon entered his mind, or her mind, and she felt a twinge of unpleasant anger dig its way into her belly. It wouldn't hurt me. Your safety and happiness come above my own. Take that as the highest compliment, because there's are literally less than a handful of people who can claim firsthand not or who can claim firsthand knowledge of my selfless moments. I'll she hesitated. I'll think about it. Good. He gently scooted over and patted the side of his bed before picking his quill up. Now, sit down and help me with my essay. The anger in the room vanished almost immediately, and she rolled her eyes at how quickly he was able to change the conversation. Had it not been in Sirius's nature to be able to quickly, or to naturally break tension, she would have assumed someone was trying to put the imperious curse on her. I thought you were so brilliant you could teach transfiguration. He grinned, deviously, which made her just a bit nervous. I could absolutely teach that class, but I'm pants at altering charms, and I need your help. How can I create a delayed, permanent sticking charm? I want to stick this to McGonagall's desk the moment she grades it. That way, she'll have a constant reminder of how brilliant I am. So, I know this has been sort of like a wordy chapter, but any thoughts, feelings, apprehensions? I just... I I I I don't I I don't know, like I I I think things, but I don't know how to put them into like words. I guess, cause like it kind of seems like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, cause I probably am. But it kind of seems like, obviously, we know that she knows things that he don't know, and nobody else knows because she's from the future. So like. It kind of seems like he wants to be with her, but he wants her to be with Remus because he feels that he is bad for her and Remus is better for her. And she keeps trying to be like, yo, bro, if you just learn Occlumency, we can have a conversation about why (laughs) none of y'all are going to work out, but you refuse to, like, listen to me. So it's just kind of like... Ah. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yes, it, it, it is, like, kind of frustrating. It's like, it, it almost makes me feel like, imagine if in Outlander, if Claire never told Jamie that she's from the future. Like, that would be seriously frustrating. So it's like, once you get to this that point where everybody gets to know, it's like, yes. So frustrating. Yeah, it, it really, really <laughs> is. It is just like, man... But it also is kind of annoying because it's like, you can't tell me who I should be with and neither can Remus. So it's like, just let me do what I want to do. Preach it, sister. Yeah. And it's like, let me decide if you're not good for me or not. But then it's also kind of like the thing that us females tend to do and be like, he's not good for you. You don't know. <laughs> unless unless somebody goes out of their way to warn you if somebody takes the time to go out of their way to warn you there's probably a reason if more yeah. than one woman does it you beat feet and get the fuck out of there yeah that's all i'm saying yeah because like we're so stubborn and we just have to learn everything for ourselves and it's just like frustrating uh-huh yeah yeah it's a shame you can't just listen to your friends when they're like hey Hey, maybe, maybe this is going to go a certain way. And you're just like, nah, I'm going to do it my way and see how this goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that muggle that's living downstairs in my house. <laughs> Jesus. It's like... Pot, kettle, black, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muggle, please. I miss that. But anyway, the day of time. An hour later, Maya found herself in advanced potion sitting next to a focused Lily, who was putting all of her attention into her cauldron as she avoided the stare from a particular uh, from a pair of black eyes across the room. Maya glanced up and narrowed her eyes at Snape. Want me to hex him for you? 
she asked eagerly, remembering all too well how easily the word mudblood had fallen from his lips, while she had eventually forgiven her own childhood bully, Draco Malfoy. That was long after he stopped being a vicious blood purist. Maya could not blame Lily for holding a grudge against Snape now. Just ignore him, Lily insisted, huffing when she added, it'll piss him off more if we pretend he doesn't exist. Her lips then curled into a soft grin and she chuckled. Plus, if he doesn't stop by the end of class, I'm going to slip this Amortentia into his pumpkin juice. What is Amortentia? A love potion. Oh. So, if I were to brew it and give it to you, you would fall madly in love with me. Oh, okay. Um, wouldn't that make him fall in love with you? Then I'll dump Belvie's Amortension as pumpkin juice, Lily primly corrected, and both girls struggled to fight back the bubbling laughter that arose within them. It's so funny that you try and make everyone think you're so sweet and gentle. Maya rolled her eyes affectionately at her friend before turning her uh, focus back to the simmering cauldron in front of her. You, Lily Evans, are devious. You're just a bad influence. I was perfectly obedient before I ever met you and Mary. Now I read filthy romance novels, hex boys by the lake, and plot against Slytherins in potions class. Speaking of Slytherins, how's Black? Lily looked up from her cauldron, a frown of concern on her face. I heard he got hexed pretty badly. Maya's shoulders tensed at the mention of Sirius. Yeah, I saw him before he came to class. It's getting out of control. It's getting out of control. First, everything that happened to him this summer, and now he has to deal with all of this? Do you think you know who's behind it? Lily whispered. Yes, Maya confirmed, taking only a beat before insisting, you stay out of it. At her friend's indignant scowl, she shook her head, unshakable in her request. I'm serious, Lily. Just be a good prefect and keep the fighting out of the corridors. You're a muggle-born, and that automatically puts you at risk. Lily eyed her with annoyance. No more than a blood traitor? Yes, more than a blood traitor, Maya glowered, and then glanced at Lily's cauldron, eager to change the subject. The potion had taken on a mother-of-pearl sheen and had steam spiraling up out of the pewter, pewter vessel. Yours looks about done. Think this looks right? Lily asked, nervously. It's more about how it smells than it looks. It'll smell differently to you than to anyone else. It should remind you of things that attract you. Maya paused to look at her own potion, which was finally beginning to show the same pearly sheen across the top as Lily's. Turning off the heat, she stopped stirring the liquid before her gaze drifted back to Lily, who was hovering over her cauldron, breathing in deeply and letting her eyes glaze over. Lily exhaled, blinking slowly, pupils dilated. I smell... Treacle tart, she grinned as she confessed, and something outdoorsy, like orchard blossoms, and... Her smile began to fade as she breathed in deeply again. Uh, broomstick? She paled, jumping away from her cauldron, bright green eyes wide. Maya grinned at her friend. I didn't know you like treacle tart. Lily blushed profusely. I don't, I mean, I do, but it's not... Beaming, Maya breathed a sigh of relief as she realized that Lily Evans had somehow just figured out that, deep down, she had at least a mild attraction to one James Potter. What does your, er, sorry, <clears throat> what does your smell like? Lily inquired, obviously trying to change the subject. Parchment and grass, Lily said, or er, Maya said, without smelling the potion. I've smelled Amortentia before. She thought of her first encounter with it during her original sixth year, when Harry had been using the Half-Blood Prince's book. Her eyes automatically drifted across the room to Snape, who was staring at his station with his arms folded across his chest, looking bored, while three files of his finished potion sat next to a cleaned cauldron, the show-off. Parchment and grass? Lily asked. That's all? Does that make sense to you? Sometimes other smells get mixed in. Maya shrugged her shoulders, thinking of fire whiskey, leather, and tobacco. Serious. Smell it for me. Lily raised a brow. You don't want to? Maya shook her head. I've been told recently that I shouldn't be making my own choices. I don't want a love potion to tell me what I'm attracted to. Muggle, please. <laughs> I love you. Use your head. 
Mm-hmm. Sirius and Remus, Lily probed knowingly. Sirius wants me to date Remus. That seems sensible of him. Was he confounded? Maya laughed loudly, causing everyone in the room to turn and look at their table. She blushed and cleared her throat as she looked down, filling her files with the completed amortentia without bothering to smell it. No, he just thinks, you know, well, the whole werewolf mate thing, she whispered discreetly, and Lily nodded. Sirius thinks Remus and I should, er, Remus and I used it as an excuse to break up. Did you? Maya shrugged. Yes and no. It feels wrong of me to be with Remus when I know eventually he'll find his mate. Plus, I don't want to hurt Sirius. Is it wrong to not be with Sirius over some... Fuck! Oh my god, the name's popping. I'm sorry, guys. Is it wrong to not be with Remus over something he can't even control? Lily challenged. Or to lead Sirius on without him knowing for certain that you're not in love with his best friend? Maya glared at the redhead. Have you been talking to Sirius? No, but apparently it's obvious enough for even Black to pick up on. No one understood why you and Remus split. I don't think either of you were fair to one another over the breakup. And if Sirius was willing to let you go, then then you shouldn't feel guilty about it. You're a good person, Maya, and I know you love them both. Sighing, Maya corked to the last file and set it aside with the others so she could rest her arms on the table. Isn't that the problem? Yes, so fix it. Lily licked her thumb and adjusted the label on one of her files, squinting as she repositioned it before gently tapping it once with the wand to keep it in place. Pick one and put your all into it. Then, if it doesn't work out, you'll have no doubts. I'd suggest picking Remus, since it was Sirius who brought the whole thing up to begin with. Maya smirked knowingly at her friend. I think you just want more details of my private life. What? No, I'm just remembering when you used to grill me about my private life. I didn't grill you about nothing. You willingly told me stuff. When you <laughs> first started dating Jimmy every single day, the phone calls, I was like, guess what he did? Guess what he did? <laughs> Look what Jimmy did. Look what Jimmy did. Exactly. And apparently I'm supposed to pretend like I don't know anything because he doesn't like his... Stuff being no, I've, known. I've kept a lot of. I've kept a lot of his pers. I've he requested that I not <laughs> divulge personal information anymore, so I stopped. But um, do 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 do. Lily straightened her shoulders and lifted her chin. She waved her wand over the cauldron, finishing the rest of the potion. I will not acknowledge that accusation, nor will I admit to borrowing one of Mary's non-muggle romance novels, where the main heartthrob happens to be a werewolf. Liar, Maya said with a chuckle, then began clearing up her own station. I am curious about something, though, Lily whispered after clearing her throat. Do werewolves really bite during, you know... Her cheeks pink her cheeks pinked, and she gestured to her shoulder. They do bite to mark, yes. When Lily's eyes widened, Maya pulled her blouse to the side, revealing the unblemished skin of her shoulder. She laughed when her friend sighed, looking mildly disappointed. Maya adjusted her blouse again, smiling. Except that it's a myth that wolves mark their mates on the shoulder. Mates get bitten on the hips or the thighs. Lily's eyes automatically looked south, and Maya shook her head. If you want me to undress, you're going you're looking at the wrong potter, Evans. <laughs> Maya left the dungeons after potions and made her way up the staircase towards the library after checking the Marauder's map to locate Re- Remus. She didn't want to admit it, but Sirius and Lily were right. She and Remus had left things up in the air when they had broken up. Also, this is supposed to be an AO3 chapter, and we're getting near the end, so I'm starting to wonder when this is going to happen, and I think it's about to. Maya had done it because she knew the future, knew that Remus would find Tonks and have Teddy, and that his life would be happy once he found his mate. She knew that she and Sirius had a soul bond, and in the future that meant something to him still. He had taken care of her while on the run, sleeping in her bed, even if it was as Padfoot, rescuing her from Bellatrix, saving her from drowning, and kissing her soundly in the caved-in passage in the heat of battle. She knew it all. 
Still, Sirius and Remus did not know any of that now, and Sirius was right. It wasn't fair. Not only had fate somehow taken away their choices by giving Remus a mate and Sirius a soul bond, but Maya had taken away their choices by knowing the future and not telling them. They needed proof. She would give them proof by doing exactly what Sirius wanted and following future Remus's letter. Enjoy your life. Hey, she greeted Remus when she found him in the back of the library. He was sitting at a table by himself between the arithmetic and alchemy sections. She beamed a little when he smiled up at her, noticing the quill in his hand was a little shaky. The full moon was later that night, which meant she knew Remus was on the edge. She sat down quickly at the side and reached out with her hand, covering his and lowering it to the table with a soft smile. Sorry, Remus frowned, pulling his hand away from hers to set the quill down and crack his knuckles. Jittery. Haven't had a chance to go for the run for a run since the weather's not that great. Now I'm all bottled up. I thought we weren't going to meet up until almost moonrise. I spoke to Sirius. Remus averted his gaze. What did he say? You Uh-oh. know what he had to say, Maya said, brandishing her wand and waving it several times in the air, casting a non-verbal Uh-oh. silencing charm, as well as her famous Slytherin common room worthy notice-me-not repelling charm. While Remus was distracted by her spell work, she scooted closer to him and whispered, You've been keeping things from me. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. We talked. Talked about the whole mate thing, and then there's you and Sirius, and I... Do you think you and I gave up? She asked him point blank. That we took the easy way out because we felt like we didn't have a choice? Remus frowned and closed his eyes. I don't have a choice. If you did... Maya inquired, and watched as Remus swallowed. He breathed in deeply through his nose. I'd choose you. She watched him carefully as her vulpine senses took control of her. Apparently her human ones were missing what had been right in front of her face this whole time. She could see his heart beating against the pulse point on his neck. She... Uh, She could hear the way his breathing deepened as he inhaled. She could smell the very moment her scent triggered something deep inside of him. It caused an old, familiar arousal. His response made her grin, feeling empowered. His eyes were still closed when Meyer reached her hand beneath the table, resting her palm against his thigh. He flinched at the touch, eyes opening to look at her with a question behind them, cats looking at me very intently. And Maya answered by inching her fingers until she felt a familiar hardened outline beneath his trousers. Oh, fuck. Remus sucked in a breath through clenched teeth. He shifted his hips in response, leaning forward and pressing his head into the new theory of numerology text he'd been reading. Maya grinned at his swearing, having always enjoyed the fact that she could so easily bring him to foul language when Remus generally reserved such things for angry outbursts. She couldn't help but give a throaty chuckle at how quickly she had brought Remus to his knees. Or the table, as it were. It was another type of magic she relished perfecting, being the overachiever she always was. I like how I can hear Cat swallowing. (laughs) Is that your wand, or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) She unbuckled his trousers, and Remus's eyes widened his body stiffening at her movements, but not stopping her. Maya, Maya, we should... Remus moaned as his fingers, as her fingers dipped beneath the fabric, immediately grazing over his skin. We need... To stop? Maya suggested. No, he whined, clearly trying not to... Clearly trying to focus his way through a moral dilemma. She pulled her hand away to give him clarity. I think Sirius was right. Remus brought his head up from the table and stared at her, his soft green eyes wide. We gave up too soon. I don't get to change anything. Bad things are going to happen. Have been happening. I feel utterly helpless. I want to at least be able to control or have a choice in this. She gestured to the space between the two of them. So, I think Sirius was right. But Merlin help you if you ever let him know I said that. Remus smiled softly and reached for her hand, taking it gently within his own. I thought we had a rule not to talk about Sirius when we were naked. (laughs) That would be nice. Maya smirked. 
planning on getting naked. This counts, he grinned at her in near predatory sort of way. His eyes flashed gold as he brought her hand back to the tent of his trousers, then closed his eyes as she eagerly sought him out again, encouraged by the way his mouth fell open. Wrapping her hand around him, Maya felt a surge of power flow through her. Remus breathed in quickly and thrust his hips upward against her palm, taking his lower lip between his teeth. Is this good? Maya whispered. So good. I missed you. I missed you. And this. Never thought, oh, that you'd be okay with, mm, doing this in the library. He panted, licking his bottom lip. Maya leaned forward, taking his bottom lip in her mouth and shivering at the familiar, comforting taste of him. Remus moaned against her lips, letting his tongue delve into her mouth and his hand reaching up and cupping the back of her head. Is this a fantasy of yours? She asked with a grin as she broke the kiss. Remus exhaled against her lips. One of many. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Remus replied. Or, sorry. Mm-mm. Remus replied, shaking his head as a flush covered his neck. No? She whispered against the shell of his ear. Maybe I should guess. She grinned when she felt him silently nod his head. Okay. I bet that you have a fantasy playing out in that beautiful head of yours right now, where you grab and bend me over this table. Remus groaned at the words and thrust against her again. No. What about the shelves? So many shelves, Remus. Do you imagine picking me up and pinning me to them? She asked, her tone sultry. Do you want to take me hard against the advanced transfiguration section and fuck me until your knees give out? There it is. Not in front of the books. Jeez. Oh my god. That shelf they got me. I was like, wait, how can you bend over? You can't bend over a shelf. And then it was like, okay, got it. Oh, man. Quiet, this is a library. Breathe in, breathe out. Oh my god. Remus growled deep. <laughs> I love when you do the, oh my god. Remus growled deep in his throat, leaned forward, kissing her hard and, pu- and deep, pulling away to chuckle. You have a filthy mouth. Sirius has been a bad influence on you. Wanna go shout at him? She- Maya asked. Her cheeks red and her own arousal overwhelming as she stared deeply into his hungry eyes. Shout? Remus laughed. I'm gonna send him a gift basket from Honeydukes. Just maybe after we visit the shelves of advanced transfiguration. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Some book's gonna be falling off some shelves. Yup. But that's why they made notice me not charms. Mm-hmm. Anywho, what'd you think? You all toasty now? It's a little cold here, so not really, but... <laughs> I don't want to hear it. It was 21 degrees this morning. Okay, let me rephrase that. It is cold for us. <laughs> yes, well, yes. I'm a little Everybody's frustrated at uh, at Sirius for the moment because it's like I'm giving you so many hints and you're not listening, but <laughs> I can't really talk because whatever. But, and I kind of wish she would use her own mind, but okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was chapter fifty-six. We will record and upload the Ao3 version at a later date, and. Uh, want to say thank you all for joining us yet again on another fire whiskey friday and now we would like to thank our patrons and as it is december we have a whole new slew of patrons to thank first up we would like to thank our newest patreon supporters we've got a couple of stags and a little baby wolfie we love you all so much we have hannah megan val and our new little wolf maddie thank you so much for supporting us we wouldn't be here without you Woo! And it's time for our freaking foxes. We've got 
Jackie, Rachel, Becky, Sandra, Carissa, Adie, Leanne, Rebecca, Michelle, Cassie, Ryder, Amber, Ryland, Olivia, Heather, Sarah, Crystal, Chelsea, Ashley, Connie, Emma, Chelsea, Amara, Audrey, Claire, Roshan, Melissa, Jillian, Shelby, Martina, Nevi, Tori, Paige, Tyler, Sarah, Shannon, Samantha, Amanda, Dan, Miranda, Caitlin, Laura, Kara, Rin, Danielle, Kara, and Jenny. Holy crap, that's so many. That is so I many. I know, it's way also, many. It's way more than before. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's incredible. And guys, we really just want to say thank you so, so much for continuing to support the podcast. And the holidays get rough. If you need to take a break from Patreon, if you need to catch up on bills or Christmas gifts or any of that kind of stuff, please do not feel bad. I know we've gotten messages from a couple of you guys apologizing. Please don't apologize. We've got a buffer thanks to your support to support ourselves for a month or two. So please, 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 please put your mental and financial health first. Yeah. No need to stress about us. Mm-hmm. We'll be holly jolly all month long anyway. And that's it for this week's Fire Whiskey and Honey podcast. We will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday! Ow. See, that's a better noise. Yeah, right? I thought about that. I was like, why haven't I been doing a wolf howl this whole time? It's perfect. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.